Maybe. Yes, sir! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the You're Still Out podcast. Uh, once again, flying solo, unfortunately, tonight. Your uh, very familiar host, Mr. Keith Needham, out on assignment uh, with other various duties. Um, the man uh, knows his way around oil and gas law. We'll leave it at that. You're not but completely solo, sir. Not, uh, not to fear. Not to fear. The, the voices... Perhaps the snickers, the heavy breathing, uh, they've been instructed to speak directly into the mic. Um, special, special, turns out, will be guest co-hosts because uh, Keith, being unavailable, uh, threw a couple guys uh, straight out of the bullpen. None other than Mr. Olive Loaf. Uh, Loaf, if you could you know, speak into the mic. Hello. Welcome. JT. Welcome Hello. to the studio. It's great to be in studio. And uh, and Schmitty, Smith 16, Reagan Smith, welcome inside the You're Still Out Studios. How are you tonight, buddy? Good. Thanks for having me, JT. Uh, I learned from a, a podcasting pro, always introduce the guests, let them talk a little bit so the, the voices are identifiable and folks can know who to uh, you know direct their ire towards on uh, any, any bad takes, any, uh, any misinformation, which, you know, they will... The folks, the listener will always call you out, Loaf, if you if you throw out some bad some bad takes and some bad info. We know, we know, we know, we know how that goes. Well, we are gonna go. Um, we're gonna go deep on recapping the weekend that was down in Houston, down in Florida on the LPGA. Probably hit a couple of uh, highlights from the Champions Tour, maybe the Euro Tour. We'll, we'll get you what you need to know. Out on the professional golf circuit, um, but we are also going to break down an event from two weekends ago that both of these gentlemen played in down at Jacksonville Beach Golf Club, uh, known as the Nest Invitational Tournament. Before we get to any of that, guys, it's at this point in the proceedings that we always show love to the sponsor of our podcast. Um, the You're Still Out podcast is championed by Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Chalk there in Chisholm Creek Plaza, 1324 West Memorial Road. What a time to be alive at Chalk. Uh, Mr. Smith, I understand you took in a little bit of Chalk on Saturday. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, fortunately, I watched my Texas A&M Aggies lose to Ole Miss. But, you know. I feel like every time I see you, I'm hearing my Aggies lost to this, yeah. this season. It's yeah, it's, a, it's truly a uh, up and down season. Up and down season. Yeah. Up and down season. How uh, the the time at Chalk, I'm sure, was not up and down. All ups at Chalk. Uh, give us give us a sense of uh, of the experience there uh, this past Saturday. Oh, it was amazing. Always amazing there at Chalk. Um, parents were in town, so dad wanted to watch the game. First place I thought of. I love what, it. I what love you it. have? Uh, quite a few domestics. Let's start with that. <laughs> um, I think we uh, also had some uh, wings, some nachos, and I think they had that, you know, three-dip tray. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. The three-dip tray is tremendous. Chef JP does a great job there. Now, Loaf, I know that uh, your experience of chalk has been wide-ranging, right, between live pods, between early morning British Open watch parties, a lot lot going on there. Um, What's your favorite thing on the menu at chalk? 
I do like the deviled eggs. Oh, um, man, after my own heart. Yeah, there were the scotch eggs. Sorry. Yeah. Scot- scotch eggs yeah. for brunch, fried deviled eggs for the afternoon happy yeah. hour. Uh, can't get enough, guys. Can't get enough. Well, we will be back up there soon. College football uh, looking to close out strong. A couple weekends from now with the Bedlam game, be on the lookout for a host of specials chalk will be offering again that's chalk luxury sports bar always the favorite guys i'm going to take you to houston i'm going to take you down i-45 a place that uh schmitty you're very familiar with being uh being from the area or area adjacent we might say um memorial park tom doak redesign brooks kepka not sure exactly what he did there kepka assist it seemed like it actually seems like it's too good now for Kepka to have been involved, but maybe he has a an eye for things that we're just not privy to. Big big win for uh, for Jason Kokrak, and I have a I have a question. You know, we're not going to get into a lot of deep analysis here in terms of you know golf swings, in terms of kind of how he ratcheted up the leaderboard. I want to go straight to straight to a take again because we're, we're kind of throwing we've been throwing a bit of an audible here with with the host. Again, kind of, kind of leaving us high and dry. Uh, I'm sure he's making a lot of money, which would be very helpful to future podcasts. But why don't it doesn't seem like anybody really likes Jason Kokrak? I'm just going to throw it out there. I just feel like the guy doesn't get a lot of love. Um, he is he has now won three times in the last not the last year. I think it's been I think it's the first win in the stretch was back in October. So 13 months, three wins in 13 months. Not many others have won that many times. What, you probably can't lay maybe Rom. I mean, is there anybody else who's won three times? I can't think of anybody. No. Yet, you don't hear anybody saying, oh, I'm huge on I'm huge on Kokrak, love the guy, fan favorite. Yet, the Scotty Schefflers of the world, maybe the Daniel Burgers of the world, um, you know, I don't know, maybe to a lesser extent, like t- people are tending to give in Taylor Gooch. Uh, Max Homa has has won uh, a couple times. Why do folks not like Kokrak? All of love your thoughts. Where's the personality? You know, it's it to me. He's a great golfer. You know, but he and you know maybe maybe I'm wrong for for not feeling anything for him. But uh, you know, he's just, he's just out there playing golf. Uh, you know, he's he's partnered with. With MGM, MGM, you know, you know, really pushing the the all in push, mentality, push, yes, all in, you know, all in you know, it. pushing that that all in mentality, and just you know, kind of coming off as somebody that I don't want to hang out with, and that to is me that that's what comes, it comes, that down, what it comes to. down to. Yeah, like just yeah. If, if I were to if I were to kind of bump into this dude, his persona that you're seeing on television is just I'm, I would not be I would not be all in. I could be wrong. I'm not all in. Okay, so for you, it's I wouldn't want to hang out with this guy uh, at the craps table, perhaps, or uh, you know, at the. I the wouldn't brewery. want to be on the other side of a poker table. Yeah, um, he does. He's look, he seems he like look, a menace at the he, poker he does table. Look pretty, uh, pretty menacing. Yeah, Smitty, tell tell us we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong about Kokrak. Um, I'm happy to I'm happy to have a different opinion here, but it, again, it just seems like compared to a, a Scheffler. I mean, it feels like people have more feelings for Bryson. Like people, people actually, there are some people, believe it or not, that like Bryson. Yeah, I, I've not seen anybody say, "Oh, Kokrak loved the dude." I don't think I can 
prove you wrong, but I have a different take um, for Kokrak. I think it's because he always seems to show up when fan favorites are in the mix. And you're going to have someone like Sky Scheffler this weekend taking the lead in the final round. spoils. He spoils the party. I'd have to, I'd have to, I'd have to fact check that. <laughs> I don't remember who has been in contention. Well, along with thinking well, back, just on top of my head, so he won in Vegas. He won. Last year. Uh, he won a Colonial. Uh, won he won Clon- CJ Cup, and I think no. Yeah, he won. He won CJ Cup. Went up to Shadow Creek. Yes, and then he won Colonial, mm-hmm. and now down in Houston. Yeah, right? and actually, so three. Interesting. Three quality golf courses. And all three of those, which you might need to fact check, but CJ Cup, I know Xander Schauffele. I just so happened to have the internet right here, so while you're, Perfect. Uh, yeah. while you're laying but that out. I think CJ Cup, Xander was in the mix. I'm a huge Xander guy, so really hate to see Kokrak win that. And then this last year, Spieth, hometown boy, DFW boy, you know, in the mix for Colonial, Kokrak comes and takes it. And then yesterday, you have another Texas kid, Scotty Scheffler, you know, Right there by the lead, has the lead going fall around. Who wins? Freaking Jason Kokrak. I think that you might be onto something here. Um, yes, I am seeing that the CJ Cup last year, Xander finished second, two back. Uh, yeah, I guess probably where it stops. TRL, Lord TRL, which, uh, you know, I uh, guess. Taylor was in there, though. We'd like uh, Taylor Gooch, Russ Henley. Most folks are what Russ Henley fans. So, yeah, there at the top, Kokrak definitely put it to Xander. Charles Schwab challenge. Uh, can't use the internet here. 2020, this is riveting stuff, riveting stuff. Um, Jordan Spieth was there. Wow. And uh, I believe kind of kind of cratered a little bit. Yeah. Uh, three over in the final round back at the Charles Schwab challenge. Yeah, so whose fault is that? Is that Kokorak's fault or is that Spieth's fault? But I think, well, I think what Schmitty's saying, if I, if I may, is that it's not so much like how it actually went down. It's just that Kokorak is the guy ends up stepping through the door and therefore just by the he's just in the he's in the periphery and he just happens to be the one taking the ire of we have golfers we want to win over here they don't win you look up and it's Jason Kokrak that has has got the job done interesting yeah and interesting. I mean that's great for him I mean he's taking his opportunity is just all three of those tournaments taking the I, pots down yeah I mean I'd he's, rather see all three of those other guys win the all three of those tournaments Man, it's I'm not I'm not gonna sit there and root for Jason Kokrak late on a Sunday. Yeah, but well, if you have to bet on him, so go all in. Yeah, yeah. So if he's if he's anywhere around the lead going into Sunday, maybe that's where you want to lay a little bit of action, right, on Kokrak. Yeah, and Perhaps. you could hedge it. You could do a little of emotional hedge, right? Because if you got somebody you like at the top of the board, you lay your money on Kokrak. It's like when I you know I, I always bet against OU football. That way, I'm happy either way. I may not like him, but my tokens love him. Yes. Yeah, my nuggies. My nuggies are really liking Jason Kokrak. Okay, that, that's fair. Well, he does take the championship at uh, at a mere minus 10. How about that? Like, And I had forgotten that last year, a similar story, Memorial Park put up a hell of a fight. Uh, again, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, alluding to Tom Doak goes down to Memorial Park, a uh, Public golf course, I mean, municipal golf course. It's tight. It's in a square. Municipal golf course near downtown Houston uh, restores it, renovates it uh, for the purpose of taking the Houston Open back close to downtown. And it is uh, it has put up quite a fight. Minus 10, the winning score. You don't see that in many non-majors. Hell, these days in majors, people are going, you know, 14, 15 deep. Uh, 
from what you guys saw, which I know that, you know, all of us uh, in the fall, maybe our attention is elsewhere, but from what you saw, uh, tell me what you thought of Memorial Park, Smitty, because I know that uh, you're fam- you're familiar with its uh, vintage past. Yeah, so I think getting the uh, Dokido involved was, was huge for those guys. And, yeah, two years that you've seen the tournament there, it's, it's played tough. I mean, one thing that stood out to me is – you mentioned the uh, Brooks Kepka um, collaboration there, and I think he missed the cut. So, <laughs> I mean, some going in with some course knowledge, even you know, being an assistant um, to designer, yeah, assistant to the uh, design, you're, you're not you're not really having an advantage there. So it's one of those truly show up, play good that week, and you have a great chance. I mean, no one's going in with with a true advantage. That's fair. That's fair. I think that. Uh the the green complex is something that stuck out. Like just watching, I didn't get to watch a lot of it, um, but last year and this year, that's that stuck out to me. They seem just more interesting yeah. than um, the average PGA Tour golf course. Doesn't seem like there's a lot of like places to bail out, and if you, you just got to take it on, and if you don't pull it off, bad. You know, you get yourself in a bad spot. It's hard to make a par, basically. The greens were running hot this weekend. I yep. think they were running a thirteen. Okay, so they were. Spicy. Yeah, you're gonna have to reason. you're gonna have to ball strike your way around there and yeah. make the putts to to score. Yeah. Well, for folks who you know, and, and I think maybe maybe it'll get into a little bit more of a rhythm of where it's gonna fall on the calendar because it's been I feel like it's been all Houston Open's been all over the place. Like it used to be pre Masters, then it moved to the fall, but then it was kind of a COVID scheduling deal. Now it seems like it's kind of in its place. It's gonna be maybe because it has. I mean, this is only the second year that's been a fall event. I think. Yeah. And I think that once True. it gets into that cadence, maybe folks will pay a little bit more attention to it. And it is one of those. It's not a cookie-cutter PGA Tour golf course. Provides a little bit of intrigue. And besides Kokrak, which, you know, maybe maybe we should lump – maybe Kokrak should be a guy that we say the cream is rising to the top. But on this golf course, Kokrak, Scheffler, uh, Joel Damon, who's had a nice season, um, at least early, uh, Taylor Gooch, uh, some guys who had been playing well. Robert Strebs had a nice season. Sam Burns has had a nice season. Cameron Kincolly always has a nice season, despite Trainer winning. saving his season. Uh, yeah. we'll, we're going to get to we're going to yeah. get to Marty Trainer. Uh, but what I'm saying here is some names that have played well all year long, once again showing up at Memorial Park, and Kokrak gets it done by two over Kevin Tway, who has not had that great of a year. So nice finish by him. Local favorite at Oklahoma State, and then the aforementioned Scotty Scheffler. Two back. I really thought Scheffler was going to get it done. Um, this seemed to be his time. We've been waiting on him to break through for his first PGA Tour win. All of Texas was rooting for him. All of Texas, um, especially after Saturday night's you know heartbreak uh, against Kansas. I'm sure they were looking for any sort of Longhorn victory to uh, to come through. But uh, truly, hate to see it. Baylor true, won, true, right? I hate to see it. <laughs> Baylor did win. Uh, thank you very much. No Baylor guys on the leaderboard here. I brought Baylor up, okay? Uh, and then Kramer Hickok there, three back, uh, solo fourth. But you mentioned Martin Trainer, And, you know, I, I try as best I can not to just flat steal things from other podcasts, but it was so shocking when I heard Martin Trainer's results from the past 
uh, I believe it's two years is what's on his um, official World Golf Rankings page. So allow me, if you would, to nerd out just for a second, Loaf. I, I, I know Please you'll be. Ahead. I know you'll be into this. The the World Golf Ranking is based on the lat your last two years of starts. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say your last two years of start. It's like 40 starts. There's like a divisor of how many starts that you have and your finishes in each of those. So as something rolls off, you have a better finish, you roll up. Very, you know, similar to FedEx Cup kind of stuff. Now, Martin Trainer is currently ranked, in, um, he was ranked 679th coming into 2021. That's, that's not very high. Shocking. Shocking number. 679th. How did he get here? <laughs> Some might say, how did he get here? Um, I'm not going to go as deep as the no laying up boys went on on this, uh, I guess, finishes, his last several finishes, but I'm going to go until you tell me to stop. Okay. Before his T5, top, his top five finish at the, Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Houston Open. <clears throat> I'm just clearing my throat because it's going to take some, some, some doing here. Missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut. I don't think we have cut. to go on, JT. <laughs> was that eight in a row? That was six, but I think we could stop there. T58 at the 3M. Miscut, 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 miscut. I would have to scroll the page to get to more results. Lots of miscuts. In fact, if you just look at his 2021 season, which would have began with the Sony Open uh, back in Hawaii, he has one, two, he has three events where he is before this weekend that were, were not a miss, miss cuts. As I understand it, he's only had 14 make cuts and like 80 PGA Tour events in his career. How is it possible? And I'm going to turn to the former collegiate golfer to answer this question, that a guy who literally has stunk, stunk it up, can go out and finish tied for fifth in a PGA Tour event with zero form for the better part of two years. It just takes one week. I mean, it's, I think anyone, everyone's kind of experienced it in some sort, but when you're that good at golf and you're at that level, it takes one week for everything to click. And once it's, when it clicks, you just have to take advantage of it. And I mean, that's clearly what he's doing. I mean, it doesn't click very often, clearly, but when it does, I think he's won one PGA Tour event. He has one APGA Tour. That's the only reason he's getting to play in all these PGA yeah. Tour events. He's won an event, and he's a past status and all that, that where he can keep even being out there to miss cuts. Yeah. So he he's good enough to win an event, and clearly, according to this weekend, he's good enough when he can get it all firing on all cylinders, you know, top 25, even a top five. So, you know, a lot of it's probably a, a mental thing, and a lot of it's also just trying to find that right week where – you know, ball striking's on, putting's on, and also, you know, the mental warfare that is PGA Tour golf is, you know, all, all you know, perfect for him. So, Loaf, kind of switching to more of the fanalist type look at things. If I were to set the over-under 
at March 1st, on the next time that Martin Trainer makes a cut in a PGA Tour event, you taking the over or the under? I think he's going to make a cut before then. Okay, so you're taking the under. I'm a uh, momentum guy. You're a momentum guy. So you're saying he's going to take this T5 finish. He's yeah. going to roll into... I would put money on him making his next cut. Oh, now that, I would gladly accept that bet because yeah. I don't. I think we're going to see more of this uh, flash in the pan because things can change very quickly. It can change very But good for him. He moved from uh, 1,300th and 10th. That was his war rank coming into this week. He moved from 1,310th to 560th in the world with his T5 finish. Thank goodness. Thank goodness for, for Martin Trainer. Good, good, good job. He must have been running out of money. Yeah, I don't even, how can you, yeah. does this guy just have like a bunch of savings or like has a dad? I mean, I don't even, how much, is, okay, how much money did you make? We don't, I guess the, L, the LPGA tells us how much they made, but we don't, we don't know how much, uh, it had to be, what, a couple hundred thousand bucks maybe? I'd assume. You'd yeah. think. Yeah, winner probably gets a little over a million. Yep. Well, things can change quickly and things change very quickly for a local favorite, Taylor Gooch. I was... Um, caught on last week's podcast saying that Taylor Gooch will win a PGA Tour event before Scotty Shuffler. I went out on that limb. I was looking brilliant after Thursday. He's tied for the lead after uh, 65, I believe. He was 500 par on, on Thursday. Um, he proceeds to go 76, 74, 71, I think 71. Did not break par the rest of the weekend. So we're gonna we're gonna flip that loaf. What what happened to Taylor Gooch? I honestly do not know. <laughs> Breathtaking analysis. Uh, yeah, I don't have. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> um, he didn't even he didn't even gain steam to run out of it. He, know, so. I just I don't know how like it's one thing every week it seems like somebody has a good round. I'm sorry, has three good rounds and kind of throws in a clunker and that keeps him from winning the golf tournament or from finishing top 10 or whatnot. To go from leading the golf tournament to just plummeting down the board, again, it's like the anti-trainer. Like, Taylor Gooch has been in great form. He's had, I don't think he's finished outside of the top 15 in any start that he's had going all the way back to like the British Open or something. Goes out, leads the golf tournament, and then doesn't break par, like how again, Reagan? Like on the on the on the other side of that, like that seems almost more shocking than yes, because everybody does know. Oh yeah. God, I went out and I played the best round I've ever played. Where did that come from? And the course did dry out a little bit over the weekend. So yeah, and I mean, if you look at the leaderboard, it he wasn't the only one who struggled after the first round. I, I think I think there was a couple guys. I think Leash was kind of one of those guys that one good round, one bad round, and I think it was just kind of a you know, went out, got the lead, and then, you know, just unfortunately couldn't keep that form for the other, you know, three rounds. I'm coming with you, JT. I think I think he's he's due and I think he it's gonna come a lot sooner than people people realize and it, it might very well become you know, happen before Scotty Sheffler. Well, he's going to have to certainly shake off whatever happened this weekend because uh, after leading the tournament after a round 165, he finished 60th and only beat six other guys that actually made the cut. So he, yeah. he plummeted pretty fast. I, th I think he'll bounce back quick. 
Any other notables we want to talk about in the Houston Open until we get from the what I thought was the highlight event of this past weekend over on the ladies' side of things? Any other, any other takes from Houston? Yeah, I want to give a uh, shout-out to Steven Yeager. Steven Yeager, Corn Ferry Tour uh, graduate. Graduate. Yeah. And then uh, finished pretty high, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, I think he was one win away. I think he had two and needed three to have that battle battlefield promotion. Um, but yeah, I think, I think he's going to be a guy to look out for in, you know, 2022, um, expect, I'm, and I'm just kind of assuming, but I expect, you know, some top 25s out of him, maybe mixing a couple of top tens, but he, he's definitely one of those guys to look out for and can, can get hot. Well, he did that certainly, uh, had 68, 69, Kind of uh, sandwiching even part, well, yeah, probably one over part rounds of 72 uh, with the T35 finish. So Great uh, value pick for DraftKings for your, for your Dirty Birdies folks. Yeah, thanks for shouting out Dirty Birdies. You know, everybody's looking for value. Because, you know, it's time in and time out. You know, everybody's kind of honing in on the same guys. You know, we have a lot of homerism going on out there. There's a lot of OU, OSU picks getting made. You hone in like somebody like Steven Yeager, nobody's going to have him unless they listen to this podcast and now everybody will have him too. So, <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry if Steven Yeager was your guy that you were going to sneakily hone in on for the rest of the, uh, the the season. So shout out to Scooter and the Dirty Birdies crew. All right, boys, let's head down to Florida. Before we get to your experience in Florida, I want to talk Pelican Championship. Best, again, big, big LPGA fans on this podcast. Best leaderboard going into a final round that I can remember on the LPGA Tour uh, we had a uh, ended up four way tie by the time things were all said and done uh, between Nelly Korda, Say Young Kim, Lexi Thompson, and Lydia Ko. And they did not disappoint, but it was it was a wild I would call a wild wacky finish. Right, so Nelly Korda clear of the field by two shots, triple. Bogies, the 17th hole, and we didn't get to see any of this because it was not on television, but we're, we're following this again via the LPGA app and shot tracker and all sorts of other internet-based models. Triple bogeys the 17th hole, which is shocking. I mean, she's been in control all weekend long. Do we have any idea, like how what how did she triple it? She have you seen like the bunkers the around the seventeenth hole? In the, she was in the she was like like one hundred and thirty yards, like in the middle of the fairway. Have you seen those bunkers how around the seventeenth hole? How did she make seven loaf? Walk us through it. Yeah, those bunkers around like that surround the seventeenth hole. There was, uh, I want to shout out my friends uh, uh, off the dole uh, and a big randier, big off randier. the ref That's off the revuge who were that. who were following. Uh, they were on action. the they were, they were on the, the course, boots, boots on, on the, the ground. ground. This was uh, just Sunday. outside of uh, Tampa. Tampa, Tampa, right? Tampa. Okay. yeah, yeah, boots on the ground. And so they were taking some pictures uh, for us. And the pictures, those bunkers, you do not want to be in those bunkers. And I actually, I don't know if she was in one of just, those bunkers. I can only assume that she was in one of those bunkers. Daft bunkers. Well, I know she missed a gimme putt to for six, it makes a seven. Yeah, you're not going to score. So putts. she drops down. And is now two strokes behind uh, Lexi Thompson. She comes out and birdie. This being Nelly Corey, birdies the very next hole. Lexi 
is the one who then gets shaky, misses a five-footer that would have won the tournament, sets up the four-way playoff. Nelly Corda turns right around. They do the playoff on the 18th, birdies it again, wins the tournament. Lexi misses a four-footer for birdie. So the, the short putting, shaky for Lexi, but Lexi never really should have been there because that triple bogey was just unexplainable from Nelly Corda. Um, couple things here, guys. I know we're going to get to a, a special, uh, we have a special interest, rooting interest a little bit further down the board, but two things. One, are you happy with the outcome, right? So, Smitty, I want you to talk about, like, in that four-way playoff when you were kind of following on the phone, was that who you are rooting for? And then two, like, is there, do we see any way forward of actually getting to watch um, LPGA golf? Because you couldn't see any of this. You couldn't find it on TV anywhere. And so a kind of two-part question, uh, Schmitty, kick it to you with, did your horse win? Were you happy with the outcome? If not, why? And then Love, talk us through how terrible the TV coverage was. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was rooting for Nelly. I'm a definitely a quarter sister fan, um, her and Jess. But, uh, you know, coming off that terrible triple bogey, like things could just, you know, go further south for her. Right. You know, it, that's hard to bounce back. You know, you have the term in your hands. You're sitting in the middle of fairway on 17, and you walk away with a seven. Like, you could easily just give up right there. But to bounce back, make birdie, you know, you're you're kind of pumped up for it. You're like, okay, go out and get it. Like, go out, you know, win the playoff. Like, this is your tournament. You deserve it. So, I was rooting for Nelly. Um, it's hard to also root against Lydia Ko. I think she was sure. in the playoff as well. What a year. Uh, I know. She's that, just a fan favorite. I love rooting for her. But, yeah, I was definitely glad to see Nelly, you know, bounce back, you know, very quickly. I mean, she had to. Um, with only, you know, one hole. And then, you know, it sucks seeing Lexi, you know, lose it that way, I guess. And, you know, but that's nothing that, you know, we're not used to. Uh, you know, she doesn't she doesn't have the best reputation whenever it comes to uh, inside 10 foot. Yeah, nobody would call her a closer at no, this point uh, at with, the, with the year that she's had. Now, unlike her last time where she went down in flames at the U.S. Open, we got to see plenty of that. Got to see none of this. Got to see none of this. And, again, this has been – if you're into golf and other golf podcasts or um, out there on the internet, this has been relitigated more times than uh, you know some Supreme Court cases. But this seemed to be one of the worst travesties of you have a, the, a great field overall. You have what turns out to be like you couldn't ask for anything more and four household names as it relates to the PGA Tour. And hell... Household names as it relates to just sports. I mean, Nellie Corda and Lexi Thompson, like, they're, like, legitimate stars. We could watch none of it. Loaf, your thoughts? It goes deeper than four people. You could go all the way through the top ten. I mean, you have world number two, Jin Young Ko up there. Yep. You have... T6? Yeah, you have a, a Gabby Lopez Gabby that Lopez. is trending... You know, you have Brooke M. Henderson. Uh, you have so many folks. Patty T. Patty T. Yeah, Patty Tavitanikit. Um, You know, Yuka Sasso was not far out of the mix. So many people in the mix, and we can't see a thing. Sunday, there I was uh, at a family party watching the LPGA via... Uh, I'm not. It was the twelfth hole featured hole coverage yeah, on the internet. Yeah. You could you could see one hole and refreshing a message board 
for updates on a a featured group uh, via a message board. I mean, this is 2021. That was my LPGA. I mean, I, I was trying to think this weekend what other sports, um, entertainment. Just I could not think of anything that is is televised uh, or on on the internet that you, you can't if you want to pay, either pay it pay money or or look for bad enough that you you can literally watch anything that you want in 2021 whenever you want to. Can you think of anything else that has this problem? But golf, not just LPGA golf, just golf. There's sometimes, I mean, on Saturday, I think the the PGA Tour event got bumped for the Senior Tour event because yeah. the coverage ran over. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. I, what is there anything else that you can think of that you that you literally, if you want to, you cannot watch? Well, then on top of that, I mean, they then tell you, okay, pay so much a year for PGA Tour Live. PGA Tour Live sucks. <laughs> And it's not, and it, not only it sucks, it's not like it's on there. It's not like, oh, this is going to be an easy fix. Let me just click over here and, and I'll be able to have all the golf, you know. It's, it, you still can't find it. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. When everything is working at its peak, it still sucks. And it's just, at some point, it's like, I just, you just have to just give up. Right. And yes. They could have seen this coming. I mean, when, when cover, when coverage, if you want to call it that, wrapped on Friday, you saw, a storm of a weekend coming on the LPGA and they could have pivoted and there was no, like there's no flexibility. Apparently. There's zero. Fle- it seems like there is zero flexibility. It's yeah. it, And I don't think that anybody would care if it's like, Oh, well it turns out we're not going to show the senior men on the golf channel. We're going to put the senior men. If you want to watch it, like we'll put it, we'll over put here them on, on tape Peacock delay. Let's put tape, them on tape, tape delay. delay. Like ah. the, the, the 7 30 PM time slot on Saturday and Sunday night tape delay. Like they did to the ladies this weekend. They could have easily done that. Unbelievable. We'll leave it at that. I'm getting fired up. I'm right. getting fired up as well. I, we, we need to, we know, need to I, take a deep breath. Well, whatever. He doesn't know. It's just the, this getting set up for this podcast. Again, Keith's not here. I'm, I'm sweating over here. We got, you know, <laughs> audio problems, recording problems, I'll, we'll just leave it at that with the... Um, this is either going to be the best the or the worst tape. podcast in your still out history. I can tell you where it's trending. Um, <laughs> so, before we leave the LPGA Pelican Championship, I do think we need to shout out Lauren Coughlin. Uh, Coughlin, please. Sorry, Coughlin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Looks like Coughlin to me. Um, Get it right, JT. I mean, I I know it was El Pond Golf. Okay? You know, yeah. I, I don't even... You know, Really talk about her. I'll see who's golfing, man. Um, we have um, been following Lauren's journey, and uh, she came into this weekend. Well, before the weekend, I mean, she came into the week not having a job for 2022. Is that is that to put it in layman's terms? Facing Q series, yeah, yeah, yeah. happen go Q school. Yeah, what does that mean, Reagan? So basically, from my understanding, um. You, go to Q school, you know, you finish high enough in Q school, you get, you know, you get your card. Um, if you finish, you know, within, you know, top 30, whatever it may be, you get condi- conditional status. So you're guaranteed so many starts until the reshuffle during the year. So from my understanding, her going into this, you know, she was, I think it's top 100, gets her card for next year. Yep. Um, fully exempt except for the majors. Uh, she was sitting at 106. So she's right outside. Wasn't even in the tournament this week. Had to, you know, show up on Monday. Okay. Well, let's, let's, yeah. so before, you know, let's, you know, again, listeners to this podcast, 
as astute as they are, probably don't have any clue anything that you just said. So it's safe to say that if she did not, and this in the LPGA, it's kind of money, money, um, money earnings, right? I mean, in terms of like what when you say mm-hmm. she was 106 coming into the week, yeah, on the money list, she had made the she was 106 most earnings in the LPG on the LPGA tour for really what has been a we'll just call it this season, even though it's been kind of a super season. Yeah. So if she were to not play this week, and there are only uh, this week and then the Tour Championship, which is only the top 60, so she's definitely not going to be in that next week. If she doesn't play, she has to go to Q, Q, school. Q, school, Q school and not know, you know, if, if that, that week she doesn't play well, she has no status, right? It's mm-hmm. like if you either play well at Q school or you don't. So now take us to she's not in this week. And so if you're not in a LPGA Tour or a PGA Tour event, for that matter, how do you get in? So it's called Monday Qualifying. So you, it's a course very nearby wherever they're having the course at tournament. And sometimes there's one spot and sometimes there's three. You go out, you play 18 holes, and it's basically a birdie fest. You know, you it's a one-day tournament. You win that tournament, you're in the big tournament. You're not guaranteed anything. You're just guaranteed. You're guaranteed entry, but you're not guaranteed to make any money because you still have to make the cut in the big tournament. So she went out, won the Q school or won not Q school Monday qualifying, right. got in the tournament, which then gave her a shot to better her position from you know 106. Still right. not guaranteed. She could go out and make yeah. miss right. the cut. So by by winning the Monday event, only thing that got her was a spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 18 in, holes got in the Pelican. Right? Yeah. That doesn't guarantee you're making any money because, as now everyone knows, you don't make it to the weekend, you make zero, right? So she has to yeah. go out and play well on Thursday and Friday. Loaf, what does she drop off on us on Thursday, Friday? Let's talk about Thursday first because Thursday, I think, is what got things kicked off. Uh, she started on the front nine and was a complete psycho. I mean, if you want to look at her scorecard for the first round, you could pull that up. Uh, I'm going to paraphrase it while he does it, but it went something like birdie, par, double, birdie, bogey, birdie, bogey, birdie, par. Like, it was... Pretty pretty psycho scorecard. It was psychotic on the front nine. And then she turns around and shoots a 30, five under par 30 on the back nine, uh, three birdies and an eagle to come in with a 65. She's in the top five on Thursday. And that's, it's like, let's go. And so now we're not assured of making the weekend, right? But you know, we're going to, we're going to make some money. Uh, if we can just hold together, uh, does two, does uh, a couple more under par, uh, puts herself in a yeah. really nice position going into the weekend. So yeah. she's seven under going into the weekend and just kind of, kind of keeps the hammer down uh, round three, Another two under, she's at nine under par. And so at this point, it's like, I just, you know, she need to hold it together because um, you finish top 25, you're going to make enough money to bump up from the 106 that you're talking about into the top 100 and ultimately get that fully exempt status into 2022. Um, And so fun to, I was about to say watch, fun to follow along her journey and I think that's the cool thing about not just the LPGA, but even some uh, of the guys that are chasing it out there on the corn ferry. You mentioned Steven Yeager. Uh, a lot of good stories. Uh, I think we get kind of 
numb to the the JTs and the Brookses and the DJs and the Brysons that are just, you know, bagging two million at a time, you know, making ten million in a year and then they on the FedEx Cup and they, you know, bank another five million or fifteen million if they win the thing. And, you know, we're talking about, you know, making making twenty grand after Monday qualifying and not even knowing if you're gonna make any money at all. So, um pretty pretty cool to follow. Pretty cool to follow. I know, and I know, Loaf, you you were, you were fired up. This I was weekend. really excited this weekend. The refresh rate on the app was at an all time <laughs> high. I, I, I was probably the one that broke their service. <laughs> so, congrats to Lauren Coglin. I know she's a huge listener to the podcast, uh, but this is just another reason get into the LPGA. A lot of great stories out there. Um, very very impressive to see what she's done, and you know, I think it's always fun to hear names that aren't names yet and then get to follow them next year and see what they do. I'm really looking some, forward to 2022. Rooting interest. Yeah. Yeah. Rooting I'm interest. really looking forward to 2022. I think, uh, I think she said like fifth year on tour and she's had to go to Q school every year. So she's like, okay, now I have like two or three months before the next season just to relax, enjoy it, not be stressed out. Yeah. Set and, her schedule. Yeah. Set her schedule. I mean, just awesome, awesome job. Really looking forward to watching her. Yeah, absolutely agree. And I think a decent segue in that Lauren was playing this event for her livelihood, yet was coming directly off an event that was um, was huge to her, huge to the participants. We'll get to how she fared, but guys, let's go ahead and get into it. Let's get deep into the NIT. Uh, for those who missed, I don't know if it was last week's pod or the week before, kind of broke down, like, what is the NIT? Where did this come from? Uh, this is also the point that all, you know, all the no laying up sickos are going to should turn up their volume. All those that are like, why are they talking about this can go on about their daily lives. But <laughs> talk to me about, let me talk, let me get this to each of you before we get into the tournament itself. How did each of you get into the refuge? Okay. The message board that is the no laying up kind of community uh, what, what was your entry point? How did you find out about it? Schmitty, we'll start with you, and then we'll hit up with Loaf. Yeah, so it happened uh, last year, actually during the uh, the COVID you know, shutdown. During whenever, the COVID. During the COVID. Uh, <laughs> so when everything started shutting down, um, me and a few buddies, we were planning a trip to Pinehurst. And, you know, I was trying to look up videos, just trying to get a feel for the place. Okay. Just really, you know, trying to get excited to, you know, make the trip. I uh, came across No Laying Up. I kind of vaguely knew of them, you know, listened to a few of their podcasts here and there. Um, but, yeah, just started watching. It was their tour sauce, Carolina season, and just fell in love. And, um, you know, without getting into it, I've had over my life a very love-hate relationship with golf. Right. You know, okay. Very much, you know, went years loving it and was a golf sicko, and then went years where I didn't even want to look at a golf club and just couldn't couldn't stand the game. And I will say, I know you guys watching, you know, their love for golf kind of, you know, made me love it again. So I wanted to, I, you know, at home, working from home, you know, working, have, you know, the NLU podcast in the background or a video in the background, just diving as deep as I could in all their content and, you know, found out that they had a message board. And we'll be honest with you, never been part of message board ever in my life. Right, yeah. Uh, I mean, there's one that, you know, Anyone who knows A&M, Tex-Ags, I was kind of part of that. 
um, you know, in college, but this was like the first one where I, you know, had a lot of interest in it. And uh, actually, the first person I think I ever reached out to was uh, Mr. Loaf. They, Mr. Uh, Loaf, the prolific, the yeah. prolific Mr. Loaf. Uh, we had, you know, him and another guy had a uh, tea time at, you know, Dornick Hills and, you know, just messaged and said, hey, can I join? Didn't know anyone. And this is, you know, random ass dude. Hey, can I, can I join you? So the entry point yeah. was video, you know, kind of the video series, the podcast, find out about the message board, connect with, with the loaf. Now, you know, I think as much as uh, you've gotten out of the message board itself, pales in comparison to the activity level that our man loaf has. So loaf, same question oh, yeah. to you. How'd you get involved? What was your entry point? And uh, why have you been such a prolific member of the community? Well, it's it's funny because uh, uh, when you reached out to to us, uh, I hadn't been there that long either. Um, uh, I joined kind of right before the pandemic. Uh, it wasn't a pandemic thing. Uh, I have a friend uh, back in back in North Carolina. Uh, he goes by Colonius Funk, Mister Funk, Mister Funk. Uh, so so shout out to that guy. Uh, he had always been uh, promoting no laying up just from a golf content. Uh, side of things. Uh, and I had been dipping my toes uh, into it. But really, it was, it, it came down to me, like not having any friends to golf with. Right. So I needed somewhere to like find people to golf with. And he was like, just get on the message board. There's a roll call Oklahoma thread there and just drop your name in there and like, see what happens. Yeah, it's like and, the golf dating app or the right. dating app for golf. Right. Yeah. yeah. And golf so that's kind of what happened. But then like oh, oh, two weeks, a week or two later, you can check the stats on that all you want. Uh, like the pandemic hit, all of a sudden I was working from home uh, and there was a thread where like, hey, let's 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 make music together. Let's record music remotely and like make music. And then all of a sudden I'm recording music and like I'm on a track with, you know, one of the producers of the show, you know, DJ, like all of a sudden we're like collaborating on things. And there was just a, a immediate kind of inclusion, you know, uh, you know, shout out, get involved. You know, <laughs> I, I, I felt like I was involved like really quickly. And so it was an immediate connection and I just fell in love with the place. From the start, the golf and the golf adjacent, as it turns out, is a big. Part. I'm a very golf adjacent, big part of adjacent, the refuge, if you big part of the refuge. Yeah. Well, I thought that one of the things that really was uh, an organic part of the message board, regs, same as you, buddy. Like I'd never been on a message board. In fact, I probably it took me probably a week to just figure out how it literally worked functionally. Like, how do I navigate around this thing? Um, but it came very quickly, uh, very apparent very quickly that, yeah, like we meet, meet on this message board, have a lot of shared interest in golf, a lot of other shared interests. And then like kind of the scary part is that like reaching out, like, Hey, let's get together and play golf. Right. It's like, is this guy, I remember the first guy that I played golf with off the refuge. I'm like, is this guy going to be a psycho and kill me? Right. Like that's the, the things that were going through my head. But I think that the in real life part is the thing that really has kept the refuge like full steam ahead because, yeah, you go out and you meet up with a few of these guys or gals, as it were, and like-minded, you have a great time. It's like, oh, so much shared interest. And I think that segueing to the NIT, all of the meetups that would happen just organically, hey, let's put this thing together 
um, and not just like let's go out for a foursome on Sunday. Had you guys played in a meetup before the R4, we, we talked about the refuge Red River Refuge Rally a couple weeks ago, how you kind of gained entry um, to the NIT. But uh, had you been to a meetup before? And if you had, like, what was the vibe? And did you come away from that excited or um, uh, trepidatious? The R4 was the first for me. Yeah, that was the first big meetup, I guess, uh, on a smaller level. I mean, that's how I I met you, JT. I mean, it was, you know, I think you had a couple of tea times at Lincoln Park on a Sunday. And, like, an hour before the tea time, I think I messaged you. It was like, hey, you got a spot for me. And so kind of a small level of a meetup, I guess. Um, but yeah, the R4 was like definitely the biggest, uh, the biggest meetup I've been, I've been to where it's just yeah. a bunch of random people show up and play golf and have a yeah. good time. And, and I, I'm mistaken myself. I, I went to an event in South Carolina uh, before the R4. There was the Aiken, the rail uh, at the Aiken. Shout out Luke Boatwright for putting that together uh, down there. Cute little course, Aiken Golf Club. You've probably seen it on the internets. Uh, really cool. I did not play very well at all, but, uh, that was my first introduction to a, a meetup. Uh, Mr. Big Randy, uh, was in attendance and it was just a, it was an absolutely great time, uh, down there in Aiken. So that was my first. And then that, that kind of inspired me to, uh, to try to put something together and meeting, uh, he goes by RD Vern, uh, Mr. Vernon. Absolutely. Uh, Got to shout out RD Vern. Our member friend down at Dornick Hills, uh, really helping us put together what is uh, the R4 and what will be the R4 again. Uh, yeah. Time dependent. And I think that all those different meetups, right? So whether they're organic uh, and just, you have know, tea times putting together or they had become, you know, these events where there's some sort of format put together, I think got the no laying up guys thinking if we could somehow coordinate some of this stuff, we could bring a bunch of guys together nationally through regional events. And then ultimately this nest Invitational Tournament, which you guys found yourselves in two weekends ago. So um, I want to talk through it. So I know that there was some changes, right? Because uh, as talked about on the pod, I'm very familiar with Jacksonville, have family that lives there, was told on the record the two worst back-to-back days of weather in all of 2021 were the exact days of golf for the NIT. So... Tell me, what was the original format supposed to be for those, uh, what, two days of golf? And then how did you have to, sh- how did the, the crew have to shift uh, with the, the terrible rainy, 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 windy, windy, windy weather? Okay. So, ideally, it would have been a 54-hole Stableford quota event, uh, which is a handicapped event based on your course handicap and you score points uh, basis bogeys pars birdies and better uh, double bogeys are worse are worth nothing so uh, that was the that was the 54 idea 54 hole minimum uh, with an with a 18 hole championship round flight winners eight people flight winners championship round uh, Saturday afternoon so it would have been a 72 hole event if you advanced 54 hole minimum 72 hole total over two days over two days. Yeah. yeah. So it would have been, it would, it would have been 36 holes a day uh, if you advanced. Uh, so eight or 36 on the first day, maybe 18 on the second. And you mentioned the quota, 
right? So let's get a little bit deeper into explaining to folks what the quota system is. So everybody having a handicap index basically takes, and I don't know why it's 36, but it just is. You take the number 36, you subtract off what your course handicap is for whatever tees you're playing at a particular course. That gets you a number that is your quota. So let's say that you're at 10 handicap. 36 minus 10 would be 26. You are trying to accumulate points to get you um, as far over 26 as possible or as close to 26. Again, it's all relative to the field. So the idea is 54 holes cumulatively. How much can you, how close can you get to your quota, the differential to your quota? Yep. Uh, best I could tell from the scoring, because they did a great job of posting the link to the scoring out on the refuge. Uh, not a lot of folks hitting that quota. Not a lot of folks so, hitting the quota. So uh, one thing to say about that, uh, the the Saturday round was a little, I don't know if they posted the correct scores because we only played nine holes on Saturday. Okay. Uh, and so they... So yeah, talk, talk us through the shift that had to be made. So Florida got a nor'easter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that is, that's it. That's that's what happened. Uh, basically, a nor'easter came through. We had a ton of rain, a ton of wind. I mean, we're not. I mean, you'd say, oh, you play golf in Oklahoma. You know, it probably didn't. You know, but we're talking right, sustained is, this is, this is thirty from folks who understand the wind. Yeah, this was sustained thirty, gusting forty to forty-five. You know, with a, it was probably a light rain. It wasn't like the heaviest of rain, but that didn't matter. I mean, it was blowing sideways. Uh, it get, it got pretty heavy. Um, well, for me, I didn't I didn't take any rain gear. So I was in Florida for the whole week prior um, for work, visiting some clients down there. True pro move. Yeah. So uh, so you know, made my way from Tampa to Jacksonville. Didn't have any rain gear. You know, was just gonna was gonna chance it. Well, you know, I looked like a dumbass because <laughs> uh, as you know, the days went by the forecast just got worse, worse and worse. Yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. There were golf events that were more professional golf events or in and around the Jacksonville area. There was something up in Georgia that got canceled. Well, the uh, Champions Tour was in Florida last weekend. Yeah. Did not play. Yeah. Just totally canceled, you know, the Friday round and yeah. Friday and Saturday. And we're, you know, we're out there, you know, braving the, uh, the wind and the rain. Well, got to ask you, what were your so what were each of your quotas going in? Yeah, so my course handicap was a, uh, a zero. So I okay. had to get 36. 36. So you're playing playing off scratch. Had to get 36 points for each 18 holes. I, I, I was a course handicap of 10, had to score 26. Okay, so 36 and 26. And again, biblical conditions. What, and again, eight flight winners, right? So you kind of... What were supposed to be 54 holes, you take that 36, or loaf in your case, 26, you, put, you know, multiply that by three, that's the that's the total quota for the, for the weekend, mm -hmm. per se. Again, I know that the format got changed, but what were some of the different, you guys remember, like, the different flight winners, like, relative to their quotas? Like, did, did anybody, like, sniff getting to their quota? Yeah, uh Especially, I don't know what, because again, the, the scoring that ended up on the website after Saturday, I'm not sure how accurate that was because they said they were going to augment it by like doubling whatever you scored, but it didn't look like they doubled it mm -hmm. just by my math. Uh, but 
the flight leader after Friday uh, was plus one or yep. zero plus one, something like that. Yeah, plus one. And it, in my I opinion, think. just kind of looking at it, it seems like the mid to higher handicappers, you know, kind of had a better chance of hitting that quota. So I think everyone in the lower handicap, except for Justin Huber, uh, goes out and it, shoots one under. Yeah, yeah, goes out and shoots one under. You know, he's a corn fairy tour player. Seemed like the lower handicap players had a lot more, you know, trouble getting close to their quota. Very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I could see that. I could see that because when it when it's taken when it's taken birdies, you know, to in bun- maybe not in bunches, but you, know, you got to you got to score four points at a time, which is what birdies account uh, for to get up to that. You know, you can score thirty six points just to meet your quota. Not not a lot of birdies out there when the wind's blowing thirty five, raining. Uh, can get can get ugly did fast. you have a birdie all weekend no i had wow, one just, i had one totally, yeah so just totally yeah. flamed him yeah. Yeah. i did i did by shooting it. handicap <laughs> hate to hear that yeah. hate to hear that uh well i led into this segment talking about who did fare well and that would be the the champion of the event none other than lpga tour now 2022 full card holder <laughs> lauren coglin <laughs> lauren Coglin wins the event, uh, wins her flight. Now, I will have you talk me through. You, you love you mentioned there were eight different flights. It, those eight flight winners were supposed to go into an eighteen hole. Was that was that going to be based off quota as well? In the uh, yeah, okay. From what I what I yeah. what I assume so, it's going to be based on quota. Instead of deciding things with an eighteen hole quota game with those eight folks, uh, what had to be uh, rolled out instead? Yeah, so they uh, they did a three-hole shootout instead. Three-hole shootout, and explain shootout to the listener. Yeah, so we had, what was about 30, 45 minutes worth of daylight left, something like that. So, like, we're going three holes. So, it was a uh, par four, par five, par three, I believe. 17, 18, and 12. Yeah, so par four, par five, par three. Um, basically, all eight people tee off and, you know, best score. And, you know, after the three holes, wherever you're at. Low you know, score moves on. Yeah. Well, no. So all eight players got to play. Played all three. Yeah, yeah. got to play oh, all they three. They play all three. Yeah. But they did a, I think they divided the quota by, you know, however many it was. They they had some kind of. I was beyond paying attention yeah, at that they, point. They had some kind of formula that worked out. But, yeah, Lauren went out and just decided just to end it early. She went birdie, birdie, par. Um, and just kind of ran away with it. 17, short par four. Yep. She drives the green. Drove the, I was out there. What an impressive drive. Yeah, drives some, the green. Some say it's like 15 feet. Some say it was eight. Yeah. To Bill Baratsky. It's really, who could say? Yeah, the shot link went down because of all the rain. So who could, and possi- the wind. Yeah, who yeah. could possibly say Satellites. how close the ball ended up? Uh, but, but none other than El Pond Golf gets it done. And clearly catapults her to great things uh, down at the Pelican. Uh, so another shout-out to Lauren. Guys, I want to talk Jack's Beach. Again, I, I feel um, feel like a little bit of an insider. Brother-in-law living in Jacksonville. Have, have been to Jack's Beach. Uh, got on the radar because, obviously, the NLU boys. Uh, but, but talk me through it. Uh, talk me through, again, <laughs> probably not the conditions to really give a great assessment of a golf course. But... Uh, Talk me through your impressions of Jack's Beach. Um, Loaf, we'll start with you. Uh, you, When you hear about a golf course a lot, 
you kind of have something in your mind, right? Tell us what that was and how it kind of measured up with the expectations. So I, 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 I watched a lot of tape, you know, if you will. Uh, there's a lot of content the out there. Room, huh? I got in the film room, uh, specifically the film room uh, for, for Jack's Beach. I thought it was, a, you know, there was a lot of great resources out there. And it intimidated me because it seemed very tight. You know, either you're out of bounds or you're wet. Right. So uh, I came in with uh, a high focus on getting the ball off the tee and landing in the fairway. Uh, I think I succeeded at that. I was, I was seeing the ball very well off the club face. Um, not to get too deep into strategy, but uh, I got a little artistic and I took the, I took the even number, I took the even number irons out of my, like out of my bag. I took the decisions away. I went, you know, three, five, seven, nine, 50, 54. And remo- I kept my three wood and my driver and went with the rest and just kind of played a punchy game around. So that first 18 holes on Friday in the biblical conditions, I mean, I shot an 85. Nice. Now you could, you could adjust that maybe to like an 87. Cause I did have to pick up on one hole. So I didn't finish one hole. Obviously double bogey or worse is not well, worth well, not anything. A, not so. obviously. Cause again, listener. Yeah. Sorry. Double bogey or worse is not worth a thing. So if you're facing a double bogey, just pick it on up. So I tried to make a chip for, for bogey and did not. Uh, so that was the one time I picked up. So we could call it an 87, but an so 85. was it as claustrophobic as you expected it to be? Considering the accuracy that I brought off the tee, no. I I found my way around very easily, I thought, off the tee. Um, I mean, plus or minus a couple of holes. But, uh, you know. Um, Reagan, what was your impression going in? Or again, I say impression. What was your expectation going in? And how did that compare um, to what you found when you got to Jack's? Yeah, kind of the same to, uh, to Mr. Loaf, um, you know, you need to be in fairways out there and, you know, kind of did the same thing. Watched every NOU video that had ever been filmed at Jack's Beach, just kind of get a feel for it. And, you know, they have the holes out there where you're just terrified of, you know, number 10, number 18, number eight. And you kind of go into, you know, each round being like, man, I really don't want to play this hole. And, <laughs> you know, sounds like fun. Yeah. But you get out there and I think a lot of it, too was how bad the conditions were I didn't give myself the chance to think about the golf course I was just trying to stay dry and stay warm right um that you know to step up to a hole like I was terrified of number 10 and 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 I think I played number 10 at 10 is you know water all down the left OB right you know, just skinny fairway. Basically like a super mini version of 18 at Sawgrass is what I would call yeah uh what I would call number 10 at Jack's. Um, It's just, yeah, if you hit it, if you hit it left, you're in the water. If you hit it right, you're up, you're, if you find it, you're up on a crazy side hill thing. Green is really tough to hit from the fairway. So uh, it's a, it's not a great hole. Let's just be honest. And uh, so there's holes like that where you're just going into it terrified. You know, I, I wasn't playing well going into the NIT. So I really didn't know what to expect. And, you know, Friday's round, it's pouring buckets. I just stand up, didn't even think about it, just teed off, ran in the cart and, you know, drove off and hit the best tee shot probably the whole whole weekend on number 10 just because I didn't give myself a chance to think about yeah, it. Yeah, you're lucky. I, I started on, yeah. on Friday on number 10, so I got to think about it for like 45 minutes before we actually teed off. Yeah, that, yeah. that 
definitely would have been uh, terrible for me. But, you know, kind of going back to the course, you know, there, there's holes like that where, you know, you you hear the NLU guys talk about it, you see in videos, but then, you know, kind of like loaf off the tee wasn't the issue for me. It was around the greens. And that's something where, you know, I was kind of, I'm kind of itching to get back out there because I know kind of the nuances of the course now. To like seeing it the, for the first time in terrible conditions just isn't ideal. I mean, and it's, uh, you know, I think, I think I was telling you guys, I, I walked away from the Friday round probably anywhere from eight to 10 three putts, just couldn't get the feel for the greens. And I consider myself a pretty decent putter and, you know, walk away with that. You know, you're just kind of bad taste in your mouth. I think I'd text UJT at some point that, <laughs> you know, my golf game was in a dark, dark place. Yes, there were and two darks. Yeah, there was, there was multiple darks in that sentence. And, yeah, yeah, I haven't looked at a golf club since. But, you know, overall, golf course, great. Just unbelievable golf course. Held up really well. Yeah, held up great. I mean, the superintendent and the rest of the staff just did an amazing job for, you know, all – you know, all of us idiots that decide to go out and play right. in terrible conditions. Yeah, and and one more shout out to the to the super and the pro uh, for on Friday not implementing cart path only, kind of allowing us to have free reign of the place. Um, they said uh, to the guys that any other group of folks they they wouldn't have let that happen, but with us they they trusted us, and I think we did a really good job of of respecting the course. Respecting the game. It wasn't and like a jacket memorial, like we're tearing the place up on Monday. So no. Just, uh, yeah, yeah there, was a, there was a few muddy spots on the cart paths, but, you know, as far as the course is concerned, I felt like we, we really took care of the place, and yeah. they trusted us with it. So, so tell me, uh, before, before we kind of leave the golf, because since it was an abbreviated golf weekend, a lot of, a lot of alternate activities, probably some good For stories. anybody who thought the NIT was about golf, probably shouldn't have been with the NIT. I, uh, I got to ask you, before we leave the golf, tell me, the best shot that you hit, which I prepared you guys for that question, best shot that you hit, and then I want to hear about the best shot that you saw. So, uh, Lo, if you want to take best shot that you hit all weekend? Uh, yeah, I, I think we're going to be similar here. We, we, we talked about it before, but number 14 is a, is a par three uh, with a bunch of water around the green. Uh, and yep. okay. uh, they had it playing 120, 125, correct me if I'm wrong. Reagan on Friday. Yeah. They had it playing really short uh, pin up front uh, and it was playing into yep, at the end of the 30 wind, to end of the 40 mile an hour wind. And uh, I, I took my trusty old seven iron from 120 and hit the chippiest of sevens. It might have gotten 20 feet off the ground, uh, landed about 12 feet uh, left of the hole, pin high, didn't move when it got there. Unfortunately, did not make the putt, but comfy par on a hole that I was really intimidated by coming into the weekend. Flighted, little little flighted seven iron. Yeah. Love that. Chippy, chippy seven. Love that. Regs, what was your best shot of the weekend? Which it sounds like maybe there's not a lot to choose from. Yeah. What you're uh, saying, if you're in a dark, dark place, yeah, you're not so, going to be having a lot of honorable, honorable mentions. Yeah, there there is only a handful to choose from. But yeah, same hole, 14 on the, so I played that. Um, on Saturday, and it actually was the closest to the pinhole. Oh, uh, so nice. exactly like Loaf explained it, you know, just a terrifying hole, terrifying par three. 
Uh, they had it moved back a little bit. I think it was playing 145 uh, pin on the very front right, kind of on a knob, and we're going into about a 30, 35 mile an hour wind and also hit a just punch seven iron and uh, was about 10, 12 feet behind the pin. Only the second group to play it that day, and somehow that held up to win the uh, closest to the pin. So was really jazzed up about that. Um, I didn't get a chance to play it. That, so. that yeah. does yeah. that does feel good. I will say when you're not playing well and you hit the like when you hit a good shot, it's on a contest hole. That does that does lessen the blow. He came away uh, with something. Yeah. yeah so I blow. walked away from that one with a uh, new rangefinder. Whoa. Yeah. So pre- shout out the, the uh, shout free ad. Go ahead. Yeah, 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 it up Precision the free Pro. Ad. Call uh, us, guys. We'll be happy to yeah, take your money as well. Yeah. Shout out them. Um, and then. You know, another shot, if I can add another one. So every night we kind of had a glow ball. <laughs> we had to start saying, another company's rangefinder. And how is that another sports bar? Yeah. So uh, we had a glow ball uh, closest to the pin. It's probably like 85 yards. Yeah, we know. were hitting off mats outside of the cart barn yeah. to the green of number 11. 11. 11. Um, yeah, so right outside the cart barn, probably like a 20 mile an hour wind behind us. Just totally just get up in the air. Total luck. I uh, hit hit that one to a foot and won that closest to the pin. Reagan was throwing darts yeah. out there. Wow. That, that, was, that was basically the only thing that went well for me. Uh, so with that one, I won a uh, a custom custom wedge. I don't know if I can say the company. I don't know if that's allowed, but yeah. What's custom about the wedge? Uh, so basically, got to go on do whatever you know, paint shaft whatever it may be. So you know, got. Got a custom wedge on the way. Nice, big, big winnings. Yeah, you know, so. in golf, just the most ironic thing. You know, probably the, one of the one of the tougher result weekends of, uh, of your recent history, and you come away, you know, Mister Moneybags over here. I love yeah. that. I love that. So you mentioned the cart barn. Um, <laughs> the cart barn, as I understand it, kind of uh, was a bit of a refuge, to borrow a phrase. For you guys, uh, in those kind of conditions, you spent a lot more time than I assume that you planned in the cart barn, a lot of alternate activities. So give, give me one, at least one, and we can go as long as you guys want with this, but give me at least kind of one side story that uh, maybe came out of the weekend that wouldn't have happened uh, hadn't it been for this uh, biblical nor'easter. And when Love says nor'easter, this is not just a... A turn of phrase. This man's a meteorologist. So when he says there was a nor'easter, there was an actual nor'easter. This was as close to a nor'easter as Florida is going to see. It so was. Give me, a, give me a nor'easter inducing story that we wouldn't have had otherwise, guys. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Reagan. Yeah. So uh, there was, you know, multiple things going on in Cart Barn. It was very impromptu. Um, I mean, they had a tent. Tent wasn't safe to stay in. Um, so we, you know, they. You know, shout out Aaron. She did a great job of moving everything to the cart barn. Yeah. And basically. Yeah. Uh, we would also had to have like walked a considerable distance to the restroom and getting to and from the tent would have just been gross. Right. Yeah. 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 So they opened up the cart barn for us. Um, I think Solly at one point said, you know, the only goal was, you know, let's get, you know, effed up. That right. was kind of the goal for the rest of the weekend. Um so, you know, you had, you had cornhole going. I think beer pong popped up. But I think the highlight of the weekend, uh, there was a, uh, a dice game going. Um, throwing, throwing the six, dice. Five, four. Yeah, so uh, don't know if this is, if it was legal, illegally gambling. 
Who knows? It who went could, to charity. The, the money yeah. went to charity. All money, all money went to charity. We can, yeah, Nuggies. we can promise you. It that. all went to charity. Nobody took anything home. But that that's kind of whenever I had my uh, surreal moment of the weekend and kind of realized, hey, this is what the NIT was about. It wasn't about the golf. It was about it's the you friends know, you make along the way. Yeah, it was about just hanging out with great people. But yeah, the dice game. I mean, I I found myself at the table late Saturday night, being a true degenerate with a fellow NIT know participants but i think this real moment at one point i'm sitting across from uh tron and cody and dj i think cuber is cheering us on yeah on the other end table you have kvv yes and then espn's kvv espn's kevin van valkenberg of espn yeah um and then i think tommy armor the fourth you know ended up and i end up being at the end of the table which that's just it was just a who's who at this dice table and yeah. <laughs> who's who of internet message boards. Yeah. I mean, this, right. this is uh, yeah. all class. It was guys. great. Uh, yeah. What I loved about the cart barn is that they, they, they had the beverage cart set up in there. Uh, so <laughs> they, that, right that in. was, that was one of the spots that you were getting your beverages from. You were just picking stuff out of the, uh, the beverage cart sure. and you know, uh, hopefully they're big fans of the pod, but, but shout out to the, to the, to the crew uh, out there at Jack's beach. Uh, Randall running the show, great stuff. Savannah, Grace, uh, yeah, those girls freaking rocked it. Put up with us for the weekend, uh, great stuff. So I, I thought that was uh, really cool. My my favorite thing that happened because golf didn't happen right. was on Friday afternoon. Uh, we decided that's when it was decided that the uh, we we ate some lunch and it was decided that we're not going to play golf on Friday afternoon. We got our eighteen in the morning. We're going to take what we got and just not force people to play the second 18 Friday afternoon. Sure. If you wanted to play, you could. There were some sickos that did go out there on Friday afternoon, so cheers to them. I, I toggled. I was like, I'm going to go. And then I you know stepped out of the tent, and the wind hit me, and I was like, I'm not going to go. Um, you know, so I went back to the, to the Airbnb, uh, you know, took, a, took a nice warm shower change, came back out there. My favorite thing, uh, I, I was able to to sit down at a lovely table inside of the Jack's Beach Clubhouse with with none other than you said uh, you know TC Tron Carter. Uh, we had some delicious wines, oh. uh, you know, and just talked, you know. And as I said on the previous pod, Tron is incredibly personable. Like he engages with you um, really well, listens, looks at you. And the conversation flows with you. Like he he wants to hear what you have to say, and I can't say enough about that. It was it was a truly magical moment. Very cool. I, yeah. I think you know everybody, whether they're into kind of golf, um, kind of internet stuff, or they have something else that's really big to them. Everybody has that feeling of when you kind of get to meet or interact with somebody that kind of doesn't seem you know real. Whether that be like podcasts, videos, TV shows. That's what's great about these guys. They are real. Yeah, real dudes uh, and and very personal guys. And glad to hear that you, uh, well, both really had that experience. Uh, you know, because uh, for those who do follow Tron, he could he could be a bit of a bit of a firecracker out there. A spicy there. curmudgeon. A lot of, lot of lot of spicy takes. A um, lot of language that not made for this podcast, mom. But yep. uh, seems like he's a good dude. And, yeah. uh, good, good story. Yeah. And he's a, he's but a big, we had a big, lot wine, of fun. big wine guy. Uh, Thursday night at the yards was awesome. Oh yeah. You know, uh, Icarito and the thermals with a little three song set for so us. Tell us about the yards. Uh, just kind of another, um, uh, just kind of, kind of explain it to the folks. So it was kind of a, uh, just a welcome party. So everyone showed up. 
uh, you know, dinner, drinks, had special performance by Icarito and the Thermals. And then uh, that's where Loaf kind of just took over the night. Took took over the show, huh? Yeah. Um, they opened it up for karaoke, and, um, you know, anytime their morale was low and in the building, you know, he, he decided to just bring it straight back up. Hopped on the mic and took it to a new level, huh? Karaoke is a guilty pleasure of mine. Uh, and uh, I, I teased it on the previous pod. Remember when I was waxing oh, philosophical? Oh, I remember, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, with, the, with, the, with the question. Yes. You know, how did I get How here? did you get here? Yeah. yeah. And you, so, you, you rocked it out. Guess, guess what song I played, JT? Can you, can you, can you, do you, can you, do you, are you picking up what I'm putting down here? Um, maybe it's how because of a... did I get here? Uh, maybe it's because of a long Monday. I'm, 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 yeah. I'm having trouble here. Yeah. Once in a lifetime by the Talking Heads. You may ask yourself, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so subtle. It was a layered message uh, in my first karaoke performance. It also works really well for me because, like, it's a spoken word. It's not you don't sing that song; you kind of just yell it. <laughs> well, from from the handful of guys um, that uh, were in attendance that I knew, I um, I heard that you did blow the roof off the place. So, congrats! Yeah, I followed that up with uh, uh, later on in the night, uh, Eddie Grant's Electric Avenue. Oh, well, of course. You know, it's electric. Uh, yeah. Shout out Pacific Dunes. Yeah, and, and, and shout out Randy for, <laughs> for uh, guesting. He was special guest on Electric Avenue. He was uh, a really great uh, backup singer. Well, you said earlier, you know, it's uh, about the friends you make along the way. So, yeah. so give me, you go in, obviously, wanting to hang and meet the, the NLU guys that you, that you hadn't had the opportunity before. But uh, my assumption, and I hope this is not a bad one, is that uh, maybe you, you picked up a new friend. Along the way. So uh, who you want to give a shout out for somebody you met while you were out there, uh, you really got to spend some time with and are hoping to kind of stay connected or reconnect with in the future? Yeah, so uh, it's kind of a small world. So I met a guy from Dallas. I think his handle is uh, Goat Belly. Um, his name, <laughs> real name is Spencer. Yeah, you should join. I mean, you should join a message board. If you don't join this message board, the refuge, join a message board just for the handles. I mean, yeah. it's like, what is going on? Yeah. I mean, mine's really unoriginal. I wish I could hey, have a do-over. Yeah. But let's be honest. I uh, wish I could have a do-over. <laughs> you um, can. You can. You yeah. just have to put in a request. Highly frowned upon. Um, but yeah, met Spencer. Uh, come to find out, um, grew up literally 10 minutes from each other in East Texas. Never knew each other. Uh, we were both at Texas A&M at the same time. Just, and then he works for a company that one of my really good friends works for in Dallas. So totally just a small world, never even knew of this guy. And, you know, our paths probably crossed multiple times by now. And uh, so just an awesome dude. I was introduced to him through uh, JCO, who was the champion of last year's NIT. Uh, Definitely got to keep in touch with him. Clint, um, they're both down in Dallas. But, you know, we've already talked about them both coming up to OKC and enjoying a, a weekend of golf. Yeah, for sure. Love it. Love it. Loaf. You know, no, you're not a stranger to anyone. No, uh, no, no, let, no. Let's just, uh, if you had to call out one of the guys or gals, again, uh, mixed mixed, uh, mixed company, if you will. I was really looking forward to meeting uh, Mrs. Chick-fil-A, and so that was really cool to meet her. Um, but we've interacted on the on the internet. Uh, we've and Zoomed. And Chick-fil, F-H-I-L, or yeah. Philadelphia. Yeah, just a. for those who are wondering, like, why would somebody yeah. call themselves Chick Fil A? Like that seems very right. unoriginal. Not, no, no. not as unoriginal as Smith Sixteen, right. but still. Yeah, so it was really cool meeting her. Uh, but um, uh, two folks. Um, so the first person, the, the person that won my flight 
who I got to play nine holes with, walk nine holes with on Saturday. None other than three-time All-American wrestler out of the University of Minnesota has a national team, a team national title to his name, Mac Reader. That guy took down the flight. Oh, there's some depth to this. Field, yeah, you know? mental giant. <laughs> Was going to win the weekend. I, I think Lauren is a perfect example of a mental giant. Mac Reader is also a perfect example of a mental giant. Uh, so great meeting him. Great golfer. Great nine holes. Uh, but my playing partner on Friday, uh, he goes by Tristan James. I don't see him very much on the message board, so I didn't really know what to expect out of that guy. Uh, young fellow uh, out of Nashville. Plays a lot of music. Uh, we had a great great time playing uh, because the two of us were kind of the higher cappers of the group. Uh, we were playing with Luke Boatwright and Easy Miss. His name is Will Campbell. Uh, sorry for the doxing, Will. Um, but uh, but the, the the lower cappers did uh, were, were kind of having a tough go of it on Friday, and he and I were, were kind of getting away with a lot of stuff on Friday, and we were just kind of laughing and dancing around the course. It was a lot of fun hanging out with him and having a really good time playing a really good kind of crappy weather but really good round of golf. Well, there's all, you know, the, uh, the, we, we mid cappers, you know, it's, uh, there's, there's some, uh, some bonding that happens there. Yeah. Right? I was really glad to not be in his flight, uh, because you know, we were, we were kind of playing the same game. We were just getting by, you know, and we had so much fun doing it, you know? Well, I think that, uh, you know, I felt for you guys because this is an event uh, any, anytime you travel for golf, but especially an event that you, you kind of look forward to, it's kind of a big part of our uh, of our go- golfing worlds, whether we're um, playing in it or just kind of following along, uh, to kind of be looking forward to it and then to have the crap weather, total like the worst kind of luck that you can get. Uh, you know, this wasn't like, oh, you know, we had to play in the rain and then it kind of blew through and it was fine. It was just consistent two days of crap. Yep. So kudos to you guys for making the best of it. Sounds like you had an amazing time. Thanks for sharing a little bit of the experience uh, with our listeners. And if you want to get involved, uh, refuge.nolayingup.com? Yes. Dot com. Uh, that's how you can find that and go check it out. Guys, it's been a pleasure. As uh, as my partner Keith would say, we're, we're approaching Megapod status here. We're, uh, we're an hour and 20 in. You guys have you guys have been great, including again the, the aforementioned technical uh, difficulties to to get started. This wouldn't be a a, a Mish ran episode if there weren't a lot of a lot of struggles. Thanks for putting up with us. Hey, you happy, really put up with a lot tonight. Appreciate the time. Very gracious with your time. For for those of you who want to stay involved or get involved. At YSO Golf is where you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. This is that time of year where you know you got to be intentional about getting stuff out there on social media. It's it's getting dark, not as much golf being played, not as much golf being watched, just not as many pretty pretty pictures out there. Love, well, there's 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 not. But hey, we we we're gonna have a couple of days. You know, we'll we'll have some days of chalk, maybe. When you when you can't get outside, get inside the chalk. Hell Absolutely, yeah. way to slip in one final plug for the sponsor. What I a mean, plug. you're you're a total total legend. But oh. for the occasional day where it's good enough to get out there, folks, I would encourage you, even in this winter season we're embarking on, to get out and enjoy the walk. Thank you. Thank you.